Well, it's great to see you all this morning, and uh, just great to be able to come and share together. I was away last week in Brighton in our church, uh, a couple of our churches there. My friend Christy Smith leads them, and um, we were just uh, down there. We went for the Sunday morning and uh, did a Sunday morning in the church in Brighton, and then we went to New Haven, which is just a little church down the road in a town about 15 miles away. And um, amazing, really, a, a year ago when I visited, uh, they, they just reopened the church in New Haven. It had died, and uh, I think there were eight folk, eight old folk who uh, were just had started to come. And uh, this time, there were, I think there were 70 of us together, uh, just, uh, just really rejoicing in God. And uh, just saw a lovely little miracle as a, a lady came up to me at the end of the meeting. Well, we were just praying for people at the end of the meeting, and she came up, and um, uh, I just said to her, what can I pray for? And she said, I have terribly sore joints. I can't lift my hands and to do anything apart from here, you know, and um, so we prayed for her, and I, you know, I stepped back, and I remembered my prayer of faith, so I said, oh, can you lift your hands any further now, and so she lifted them a little further, and, and she went, it still hurts, I said, well, let's pray again, you know, and, uh, you know, so she lifted her hands again, and, uh, and I said, how about now, and she said, well, I, I, a little bit more, but it still hurts, you know, and I said, oh, well, let's pray again, you know, I'm thinking, I could be here all night now, do you know what I mean? And uh, I, I just prayed the third time, and, um, and she goes, well, you know, it still hurts. So I said, well, I'm going to pray one more time, you know, but, you know, don't hurt your arms, you know, let's just believe God for healing. So I, as I was praying, you know, I'm think, trying to find a way to backtrack quickly. Um, as I was just praying, Lord, you know, my dear sister Jean, Lord, just pray for her. And she just lifted her hands in the air and started to worship the Lord. Isn't that amazing? Do you know what I mean? She was just so excited and uh, overwhelmed, you know, just to the touch of God on her life. She goes, wow, God's here. You know, it's just lovely. It's amazing, isn't it? But I was just sitting here this morning, and... Uh, uh, you know, um, uh, it's nothing like going away to make you appreciate home. And so I want to say thanks today. Thanks for being such a great church. Thanks for being people of faith. Thanks for being people who are passionate about Jesus. Thank you for being people who worship and who open their hearts to the Lord. Thank you for people who get excited about what Jesus is doing and who smile at me. Thanks. Thanks for being people who, who diligently serve the Lord. You know, I just really felt in my heart. Thank you for people who, who volunteer and who make so many things happen uh, as a church within our community. Thanks. It's appreciated. You know, I think if the Lord was here today, he'd say, go, church, go. Thank you. You know, the Lord appreciates the work that we do on his behalf. And, you know, some of you are going through all kinds of difficult situations, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, have, have, have going through them or going through them. And it's a tough call sometimes to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to church today. Please let it be good. And, you know, the Lord sees that commitment to his kingdom and he loves that about you. I mean, I just want to say that to you because we don't say that often enough. So I just wanted to share this morning from uh, just a little thought as I was going. Uh, and, uh, you know, one of the things I was, we were praying, I was just reading in, in, staff, in our staff meeting this week, just this great verse from Philippians chapter 2. If you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and purpose. It's a great verse. You know, and that, that just reminds me of my church, you know, this, this congregation, that we're one in spirit and purpose. And that I love that heart about us. So be encouraged. You know, you're a blessing to me. And, uh, you know, even when I say, come on, you miserable lot, I don't really mean it. Okay. Gentlemen. It's just my way of, compli- of complicatedly complimenting you. Okay. So we're in Psalm 23 today. If you've got your Bibles, uh, we're in the middle of this uh, shepherd series. I know that Matt carried it on last week while I was away. And um, 
talked about the shepherd effect, that we enter into rest, that we encounter peace within us, we experience the renewal of our lives as the shepherd works in our lives. And so I want to carry that uh, on into the psalm today and uh, just unpack it. I'm going to read it again to you. The Lord is my shepherd. This well-known psalm that everybody knows and so many people who have never darkened the door of a church have heard and know. And I just want to try and unpack it for us for a few moments this morning. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Wow. Don't you love that? That's a great reading, isn't it? So uh, we're coming into the scripture today, and so I want us to pick up this next little phrase. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. What an amazing verse. Uh, the Lord as our guide, the one who goes before us as our guide, the one who goes before us to teach us, the one who guides us through life. And just such an amazing image of what the Lord wants us to experience in our lives, that he is our guide. I was, um, we were doing, I was in a training thing this week. I met with uh, six, I'm part of a team of, uh, from Elam doing a kind of training community with six churches. So this week we met with them. And during the uh, devotions, one of the pastors, Stuart Blank, just said an amazing thing. He said, encounters with God are things that just last but a moment. But relationship with God is a constant in our lives. And I thought, wow. You know, I enjoy the moments with God, but I long for the relationship. Because you see, moments are different. Moments are important in a relationship, aren't they? I mean, you don't want to lose moments and encounter moments. But actually, it's the relationship that gives the moments meaning. And, and Jesus comes, and, and sorry, the scripture comes, and he, he says, you know what? The Lord is your guide. He wants to be the constant in your life. Not something that just comes every moment. And so I want to try and unpack this. You see, the Lord as a guide is a key theme in the scriptures. Isaiah 58, the Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Why? Because the Lord guides you. Because the Lord is leading your life. Because the Lord is the constant in your life. And I I just think that somewhere along the line, uh, if we're not careful, we can reduce our um, our, uh, our walk with God to a series of just uh, ponds when God wants us to walk with him. uh, And enjoy the refreshing of his presence in the constancy of our lives. And so I just want to unpack that. Psalm 25 verse 9, he guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. You know, that's so true, isn't it? He guides the humble. (laughs) You know why? Because the proud won't learn. (laughs) Have you ever tried to follow someone and decided halfway along you know better than them? Or is it just people like me who do that? I know a shortcut. And you end up miles out of your right going, (laughs) you're laughing a bit too hard at me just there, right there. Okay. Because why? Because the, we're proud. We like to think we can do it ourselves. Friends, that's a lovely picture of the shepherd coming and saying, come on, this is the way. Walk in it. This is what the Lord says. I want to teach you and walk with you. And yet somewhere along the way, we, we forget that. And our pride comes. And when we become proud, we fail to learn his ways. 
You know, David had experienced this himself. The shepherding presence of the Lord through his life. If, uh, if you read the verses in Psalm 139, this is how he describes it. He says, if I go up to the heavens, you are there. He said, if I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. What's he saying? He's saying, God, everywhere I find myself, I'm following you. Everywhere, every situation that I come into, Lord, if I can just look, Lord, you're there ahead of me saying, he guides me along the right paths for his namesake. He's working it out. He's going before me. He's, he's leading me. And we just sung it, didn't we? We go before me. You know, it, it, it's this whole uh, work of the Lord in our lives. If we can just take hold of this amazing picture that the shepherd guides us. And I want to try and think about what that means for us today. Firstly, it means he guides us through our lives. He guides me. He guides us through life. The shepherd is the picture of the guiding presence of God. Jesus doesn't simply call us to believe in him, but he calls us to follow him. He calls us to walk with him. He calls us even to deny our very selves so that we might stay in, in accompaniment with him so that he is able to guide us through our lives. And therefore we have to recognize that the shepherd is there in every situation. And that's always been the heart of God, to guide us through the journey. Remember back in Genesis chapter 12, the Lord said to Abraham, Go from your country, your people, your father's household, to the land I will show you. See, God has something ahead of you that he wants to lead you into. But very often, he needs you to move with him. That's what a shepherd does. A shepherd looks and examines the field where it is and says, you know what, I have something different and better. I have a different experience for these sheep. I'm going to move them forward. I'm going to show them something more if they will follow me and enter into it. And so therefore, the Lord comes to us and says, listen, I'm leading you through this to somewhere else. I'm taking you on in your life and in your experience. The Lord was guiding Abraham. And listen, one of my favorite bits is Abraham didn't know where he was going. See, there's a problem for us today, isn't there? Us control freaks. We like to know everything, don't we? We've got it all planned out. It's going to be like this. It's going to be like this. Then I'm going to do that. Then I'm going to do that. Then I'm going to buy that. Then I'm going to get me house. Then I'm going to fall in love and meet the perfect person. Good luck with that. Just, just ask Julia. Don't, don't, don't start on me. Then, then it's just going to, and we'd all, we got it figured out. But friends, you know, the truth is, the Lord comes and says, actually, I want to lead you through this. I, I want to show you, because here's the truth. The Lord has a better plan and purpose for your life than you do. He does. But that's why he leads the humble, because it takes a humble person to say, I'm willing to learn the Lord's way. You know, because all of us struggle with allowing someone else to lead us and make some of the choices of our lives. Or is it just me? All of us have to come to that place where we say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to let you lead me through life. And And this is one of the criteria for our lives as follows. And Jesus wouldn't budge on it. He didn't say, well, okay, you do a little bit of what you want, and then we can do what I want over here. He said, no, follow me. Why? Because actually my plan for your life is better than yours. That's a faith thing right there, isn't it? I choose to believe that God has more for me than I have for me. 
choose to believe it. That if I follow him, I'll enter into his life and his purpose. We see it when the Israelites crossed uh, uh, the Jordan River to come into the land of promise. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests carrying it, you ought to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you have never been this way before. How many of you know you've never been this way before? None of us knows what tomorrow brings. None of us knows what comes. We, we like to plan as if everything's going to be absolutely the same as it always has been, don't we? And so to some extent we have to, but listen, we, we need to recognize that we haven't been this way before. That actually God, the maker of heaven and earth, the one who precedes time and sits at the far end of eternity, looks and says, actually, this is the way, walk in it. And therefore, we have to come with our heart. Lord, I'm willing to allow you to lead me through this life and through this situation. You see, there is a difference between having a guide and looking at a signpost. I want to talk a little bit here about the word and the spirit. You see, the word is given to us to be signposts. The spirit is given to us to be our guide. Now, I don't want to push that distinction too much. But the truth is, Jesus said for us here in this verse, when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And this this is it. He will tell you what is yet to come. He said, the spirit comes to tell you what is yet to come, what you have to do, what the priorities are for your life, where you should lead, where you should go. The spirit of God speaks that into our life. Now, listen, I'm not going to be pushing the boundary. Of course, he uses the word of God to do that. Of course, he we'll talk about that in a minute but actually the spirit comes you see sometimes people only look for signposts and signposts are great things when you're lost but a guide is great when you're knowing where you're going I was just trying to think about this how how can I try and unpack this for you well I suppose the, um, uh, the the best thing I can get to is when you arrive in a foreign country there is a huge difference between reading the signs and meeting a friend who lives there It's not that you can't get by using the signs, although some parts of the world, the signs don't look anything like you expect them to. You know, I often go to Macedonia and Yugoslavia and they use the Cyrillic alphabet and nothing looks the same. And you're just going, is this a hotel or a brothel? I'm not not that sure. (laughs) From the outside, it could be both. Do you know what I mean? It really could. Okay, bad example. (laughs) Is this a hotel or a police station? I, I could be both. All of those things could be involved, couldn't they, really? See, the sign is okay, but friends, sometimes we miss the signs. See, when, it's great when you arrive in an airport somewhere. I remember going to Chile, uh, flying into Chile with Julie before we had the kids to see our friends. And you, know, you walk out of the airport at Chile, you walk past the people. I had, um, I had, they'd asked me to bring chicken tikka masala powder. Do you know what I mean? I'm thinking, are they going to arrest me in customs for bringing chicken tikka masala into the, I think... I've been watching too much of, what is it? No, no, we declare or something at the airport. Yeah. And you're standing there in the airport, and Phil was late. He's always late. So we're standing there thinking, okay, where do we go now? Just standing, looking around at the airport. And all of a sudden, Phil walks through the door. Hello, lads. Do you know what I mean? That's funny, because he's talking to my wife as well. Uh, 
And instantly, the whole country opens up to us. Why? Because our friend was here, and he knew everything about it. He could take us there. We just didn't drive down the motorway. We went off the motorway and looked at the little roads and met little villages and talked to people. Why? Because we had a guide who took us. The signs are okay, friends, but actually God wants you to walk with him. God wants you to experience him. God wants there to be a relationship that helps you. And, and you know, sometimes we... Uh, Sometimes we look at the signs and we want the sign to tell us everything, but the sign can only tell us so much. That's why Jesus said, I will send the Spirit to walk with you. And here's the truth. The shepherd will guide us through life if we walk with him. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let's allow the guide to lead us. Let's, Let's just be responsive to what he has to say to us and work into our lives. See, the great thing about a guide is he can tell you where not to go as well as where to go. Remember when Paul was traveling and he, on one of his missionary journeys and he tried to go into Bithynia. It says, we tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of God stopped us. Why? Because the guide was saying to him, actually, there's a better way for you to go now. See, one, some of the biggest decisions we make, we can make if we're not listening to the Spirit telling us what not to do as well as to do. Hello. Because we can make decisions freely upon our own and say, well, it's a good decision, but it can only be a good decision if if the Spirit of God has said, yeah, you know, that's the way, walk in it. The Spirit of God says, actually, no, that's not what I want you to do. Actually, we need to listen to the guide. The Bible says there is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to destruction. I want you to just think about it today. Uh, are you allowing the Lord, the, the guide, to lead you through your life? Because that's what he wants to do. That's how he wants to help us. And there, there becomes a freedom to allowing the Spirit of God to set the direction for our lives. But it is about surrender, isn't it? It is about surrender. And therefore, somewhere along the line, we have to humble ourselves. And that flies in the face of the independent spirit that is fostered in our world today. Anybody know? I'm telling the truth. And even, can I say, the independent spirit that is fostered in Christianity. That we would be humble enough to say, Holy Spirit, lead me. I love signposts when I'm in trouble, but I enjoy the guide when I need him. He leads us through life. Secondly, he leads us, he guides us in our ways. So he leads us through our life. He guides us in our ways. It says there, he guides me along right paths. The shepherd wants to lead us, not just through life, but in the way that we live life. He wants to speak to us. He wants to lead us into righteousness. He wants to lead us into that which is good and helpful. One of my favorite old scriptures is Jeremiah 6. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls. You see, there is a right way and a wrong way, even for the people of God. That we would be people who are responsive to the Lord, that we'd say, yes, Lord, I want to go in right paths. I want to to have a sensitivity to what uh, you're leading me into. I want to have a sense of being led by you. The bit I haven't put on that verse, it says, the Lord said to the people, But you said, we will not walk in it. We will not walk in it. 
See, sometimes the Lord says, this is the right way, and we say, I will not walk in it. Anybody, anybody ever said that? Just me. Honestly, you're such a godly bunch. We are. But we all know what it feels like to struggle with the will of God for our lives. Yeah, Lord, I'll walk in this. Sometimes I want to say, well, Lord, the righteous, see, the righteous path sometimes, well, brings a bit of a conflict, doesn't it? Because unrighteousness rises up within you. And all of a sudden, it's, it's, okay, am I going to follow Jesus in here, or am I going to allow myself to rise up? And that's when we need the guide. That's when the, the shepherd comes and says, actually, this is the way that I would want you to go. This is how I'd want you to learn. See, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Have you ever made a decision, a foolish decision, that you thought was absolutely the right thing to do? And even people around you were going, I'm not sure about that, but you just bang straight ahead because you want it to be true. Just me. And all of a sudden, you find yourself in a place that you didn't really want to be and, and, and you don't want to tell anybody because you don't want to hear those encouraging words, I told you so. <laughs> Isn't it funny how people always tell you so? Do you know what I mean? And you've got to come back to yourself. Uh, and it says the wise le- listens to advice. You see, David understood that he needed guidance. He understood that he had a tendency to make the wrong decision. Let me read you just a little passage from 1 Samuel chapter 11. Well-known account in David's life. Well, it would be if it was the right, if it was the right verse. <laughs> I've written down the wrong scripture. It's a story of when um, David, it says, in the season when the army went out to battle, David stayed at home. Just a little decision. See, the army that he was going up against, he was sending his best man. He thought, you know what? We can win this fight. They don't need me. I don't feel like fighting today. Anybody experience that? So this bad decision led to... One thing to another to another. And so in the evening, when he should have been out on the battlefield with his friends, he went up on the roof and had a look around and he saw a beautiful woman. Nothing wrong with that. And then he sent for her. Uh Uh-oh. And then he slept with her. She became pregnant. And then he had her husband put into a place where he would be killed. See, he found himself being led into an unrighteous path simply because he didn't do the righteous thing. See, that's how sin works, isn't it? We convince ourselves that it doesn't really matter and that we can get do it. But before we know what's happening, all of a sudden, we find ourselves and we lead ourselves. You see, we want to blame the devil very often, friends. I want to tell you the devil isn't your biggest problem. It's you. And we find ourselves responding to the desires within us. And instead of being led by the shepherd, we lead ourselves into paths of unrighteousness. Oh, it's an old-fashioned word, isn't it? Righteousness and unrighteousness. Well, we lead ourselves into the wrong path rather than the right path. There you are, modern, modern translation. We just take ourselves away. And, and in, it's just one decision. But have you, ever made, <laughs> have you ever told a lie just to find that you've got to tell another lie to back that one up? And before you know what's going on, you're the biggest liar in the world. And you're calling yourself liar, liar, pants on fire. And, everybody, and everybody's looking and you think, they know I'm lying now. And you just have to tell another lie to keep going. And then it all blows up and it's so much bigger than it would have been if you just said, I did the wrong thing. 
Why do we find it so hard to say, I did the wrong thing? If only we'd learn to say, I did the wrong thing early on, we'd save ourselves from a multitude of grief. When the Spirit comes along, the shepherd, and he says, you know what, I want to guide you. I want to guide you into right paths. I want to lead you in the way of life. How does he, how does he do that with us? First of all, he convicts us. This Holy Spirit has been sent to convict us. See, there has to be a sensitivity. See, I, I think one of the most important things you can do in your life with God... Okay, I'm going to get into trouble for saying this, but please understand the context. The most important thing you do is not read your Bible... Not even your prayer list. The most important thing is your sensitivity to who God is. Because you can read your Bible but being totally insensitive to what it says. That's why God wants you to look after your heart. He wants you to keep your heart soft and responsive. He doesn't want you to get overburdened by the stuff that goes wrong in life. Because all of a sudden that stops you from hearing him. Your sensitivity goes. You can tell someone whose sensitivity has gone because they meet someone in pain and they react in pain. It's two painful people hitting each other. Someone who's sensitive recognizes that the pain isn't about them. It's about the person's situation and circumstances, and they respond. Why? Because the shepherd's leading them in right paths. It's as sensitive as that. And that's what conviction is about. Conviction is about keeping sensitivity before God. Because the sin has been forgiven by Jesus. Hello. So conviction is not to remind us that we're sinful, as if we needed reminding Conviction is to remind us that if we have a sensitive heart to God, he can do anything in us and through us. And he'll lead us into what's right. When Jesus caught the woman in adultery, what he said to her was, neither do I condemn you, go and leave your life of sin. He said, I want you to be sensitive again to the fact that God has a plan for your life. I was thinking about it earlier sitting here. Jesus looked at Peter and he said to him, Satan has asked to sift you. He could have said to him, and he said to him, before the cock crows, you'll deny me three times. And then he says these words to him, but I have prayed for you. What an amazing truth that is. The shepherd says, I don't want your denial of me and the fact that you're going to have a difficult time to take away the righteous choices that I make as the shepherd. I'm going to pray for you. And, and, and instead of that, and we need to just allow the Holy Spirit to bring conviction. 1 John 3, 21, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and receive from him anything we ask because we keep his commands and do what pleases him. Why? Because our conscience is clear because we've allowed the convicting presence of the Lord to speak into our lives. So we need to allow that to happen. Secondly, he speaks to us. He who has ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit is saying. The, the, the shepherd speaks. You know, the Bible says, John chapter 10, Jesus says, The sheep know my voice. I love that. That the Lord would speak to you. You know, God wants, it, it, you know, here's what I think God is always speaking to us. The Holy Spirit comes to speak to us. Our responsibility is to hear his voice, is to say, Lord, what are you saying to me? Is, is to allow him to speak. He who is ears, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to us. Sometimes we've just got to quieten our hearts just so that we can allow the Spirit of God to speak into our lives. Sometimes we need to do that deliberately because we need the guide to speak to us. There's no quick way to do that, is there? Have you ever noticed that sometimes in your relationship with your wife or your husband or your friend, you actually need to sit down and talk? Actually, you know, you can survive on autopilot. Hi, how are you? Yeah, we're really well, you know. 
But after a while, what that breeds is insecurity and lack of intimacy. And until you restore that, it's quite hard to move on. So the shepherd comes and he says, I'm speaking. I need to listen. So sometimes we're so busy telling the shepherd what he wants, to, he, what we think he needs to hear, we never make room for him to hear, speak to us. It's just that relational thing, isn't it? The shepherd speaking. I need to hear what he says because he is speaking. It's an issue of tuning in to him and saying, yeah, Lord, I'm, you know, that story of Samuel. Speak, Lord, I'm listening. And it takes time sometimes to do that. Among the crowd, among the, the noise, among, sometimes we just have to say, yeah, Lord. We don't, we don't always have to change everything. I'm not saying we have to go up to a mountain and, and uh, you know, pray for 40 days and 40 nights just to hear the Lord say, it's brown wallpaper you want, not pink. <laughs> All right? I, I, you know, I'm, I'm not, Jesus, you know, Jesus walked with the people and talked with them. He, he spoke to his disciples. They, they lived with them. He had a sense of his constant presence. So when he wasn't there, they still had his spirit to speak to them and, and, and speak into their lives. And we should make that so much more natural than it is. But there's just a sense of, yeah, Lord, what are you saying to me? So that he is able to guide us through the ways that we have. And just to say to us, this is the way, walk in it. Thirdly, he guides us because he reminds us of what the Lord has said to us in his word. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. I don't know about you, but I need reminding of stuff, don't you? See, sometimes the Holy Spirit just has to remind you that actually he loves you and is for you because you're telling yourself that you're a waster. Just me. Sometimes I look in the mirror and think to myself on a Sunday morning, why don't you just get in the car and drive as far away as you can? Because if they knew what you've been thinking this week, they wouldn't want to listen. And the Lord says, if you knew what they've been thinking about, you wouldn't want to talk to them. (laughs) See, it's not about who we are, it's about who God is. And the Spirit of God reminds us and he says, you know what, I still have a plan. Yeah, you've messed up, Dave. But you know what? I can still use you because it's not about you. It's actually about me. It's actually about what I can do through you in the world that surrounds you. Dave, that's why I want you to be engaged. That's why I want you to follow me. That's why I want you to be guided by me. Not because I've got some super plan that's going to make you wealthy, healthy, and wise any more than you are already. But it's because I have something that I want to lead you into. And I want to remind you, Dave, that actually you're my son and actually have a purpose for your life. How often we need to be reminded of that, don't we? How often we, we, we go from being a son to being a servant so quickly. And Jesus says, I've called you friends. See, it's different when you're a son, isn't it? If I come into your house, I'm fairly respectful and polite. I keep my shoes on until you tell me to take them off because your cream carpet is going to get dirty. If I go into my mum's house, I fling my coat down my bag and say, Hi, mum, how you doing? Put the kettle on. Any bacon in the fridge? <laughs> that kind of thing. Why? Because I'm her son and she knows I grew up with her. I know what she's like. I know she loves having me in the house. I know that it's going to give her pleasure just to be with me. And me pleasure just to be with her. Why? Because I'm her son. And just being in her house reminds me of that. You know what? The Holy Spirit comes and reminds us that we're children of God. He says, God doesn't want you to come through the slave mentality. He wants you to come freely into the presence of God. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is guiding us in our ways. 
And when we are willing to listen to how he leads us, then actually we start to walk in the ways that the Lord has done. And you see it all the way through the Old Testament. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. And I will walk in the truth that you've given me. Then thirdly, he guides us for his purpose. See, it's amazing. It says, he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. I want you to see that because that is a big statement. It's his name's sake. It's for his purpose. The guidance of God and the purpose of God is greater than your life. And so you have to put into your world and into your frame of reference, you know what, this is for the sake of the kingdom. The New Living Translation says, he guides me along the right paths, bringing honor to his name. Bringing honor to his name, I like that. And, and we have to recognize that the shepherd guides us to live for the kingdom. Remember, Jesus said to his disciples, come, follow me, and I will send you out to fish for people. He said, listen, I've got a plan for your life, and it is for the purposes of the kingdom. For his name's sake. You see, the purpose of the shepherd is to lead us into his plan and to his purpose. The purpose of the shepherd is to say, I'm going to bring my flock, and I'm going to take them with me, I'm going to use them for the needs that I have for them. Some of it's going to be wool, some of it's going to be lamb chops. Oh, hello. I want to be the donator for the wool, not the lamb chops, don't you? Tell me. But the Lord comes and he leads us. Why? For his purpose. You see, can the creator, can the created say to the creator, I don't need you? We need to recognize that part of our uh, reason to hear the shepherd is to recognize if we are guided by him, then we'll enter into the purposes of God in the middle of our lives. It becomes a different way of living. It becomes a way of being, uh, bringing honor to his name rather than trying to make him honor us. Hello. There's a lot of that today. That we want the Lord to honor us. We want the Lord to do everything for us. Friends, if Jesus didn't do one more thing for you, he's done enough. He saved you from hell. He's filled you with his spirit. He's cleansed you of your shame. And he's secured for you to an eternal salvation. Jesus doesn't have to do anything else for you. He doesn't. But in his love, as he leads you through life, you find as you live for his purpose, then the benefits of his kingdom start to spill over. That's what Jesus says when he says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. He doesn't say, seek all these things and the kingdom of God will be added to you. He says, seek first the kingdom. He says, listen, put it first in your life. Live for a purpose that's larger than you. Friends, when we give that up, when we stop recognizing that we are being guided by the shepherd for his namesake, we start to think the shepherd just exists for us. And he doesn't. The shepherd has a reason for being there. The sheep have a reason for being there. They are to fulfill the purpose of the shepherd. And we need to see our lives in that context that the shepherd guides us for his purpose, for his name's sake. And that's the call of discipleship to live for the purposes of God. You see, when you place your life under the influence of the shepherd, he will lead you in a different way to the way that you were going. Some of your decisions will change because the shepherd is now leading your life, not you. Some of the opportunities that you have will change because the shepherd is now walking before you saying, this is the way, walk in it. And they'll come to that place where you have to humble yourself and say, well, I'm not sure that's the path I would take, but if you're guiding me in that way, shepherd, I'll, I'll follow you. 
It's this, it's, he guides us for his purpose. It's easy to lose sight of the purposes of God when we're not following the shepherd. That famous verse, where there is no vision, revelation, people cast off restraint, but blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instructions. What it means is that if we're not being guided by the shepherd, we actually start to live for ourselves. If the shepherd of our lives is not leading us and guiding us and directing us, then what happens is we start to live for ourselves. Is that so wrong? Friends, it's against everything Jesus died for. I'm really sorry it is. I want to be able to do everything I want, but Jesus calls me to deny myself and follow him. And we need to recognize that. Does that mean I can't do anything I want? No, it actually means that when I die to myself for the sake of Christ, all these things are added to me. That actually God is not a, any man's debtor, is the way we used to say it. He, he doesn't keep us locked out from him. He doesn't deny us. He doesn't hold back from us. But as we give ourselves to the shepherd, he leads us into green pastures and quiet waters. And he restores our soul. Because we're giving ourselves to him. I love the message, it puts it like this. If people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. In other words, it's when we give ourselves to the purpose of God that actually we live the most fulfilled life. And that's hard, friends. It's not easy. It's not an easy fix. But it gives us to what God wants to do for us. The shepherd leads us in the right paths. Jesus urged us to take this view of life. He said to his disciples, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and vermin do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. See, the shepherd has to be the one we treasure. We've got to follow him. We've got to take hold of him and engage with all that he has for me. Moses showed us this. Hebrews 11 says, He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. You see, to follow the shepherd's purposes might mean, well, will mean, that when he says, this is the way, walk in it, it might lead you away from the thing that you most wanted to do. Won't always. But let's be honest, church. We, we want to preach a gospel that says we can have it all. I can have everything Jesus has for me and I can do everything I want. But Jesus didn't preach that gospel. I, I, I wish to say he could. Because if that was the gospel, friends, all that would be would be some kind of self-help manual for life. Live this way and everything will be great. Friends, Jesus didn't say that. He said, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to let me be your shepherd, then you've got to believe that as a shepherd I have enough to give you that you're willing to deny your own ways and to take up the cross which I've carried for you and to follow after me. And when you do that, then you'll come into eternal life. You'll take hold of it. Because you've taken hold of something that's more than the treasure of this world. And so I want to say to church tonight, you know, with all the love in my heart really, have you lost your sense of where the shepherd is leading you? Have you lost your sense of the purpose of God for your life? Is, is following Jesus just something you're adding to your life? Or is following Jesus the purpose for your life? It's a big question. We can't answer that too quickly and go, let's skip on, can we? It's a big question. 
But you see, there's no point trying to apply all the promises of the shepherd to our lives if fundamentally we're trying to walk against where the shepherd leads us. There's no point saying, I'm going to dwell by green pastures if the shepherd left the green pastures two weeks ago. We can't have it both ways, friends. We have to say, you know what? As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. As for me and the situation I'm in, I'm going to do what Jesus calls me to do. And that might bring you into a different place. That might find that even in the desert, you have to say, I'm going to please the Lord here. And all of a sudden, streams flow in the desert. That's the biblical picture. Why? Because God is able to turn a desert into a stream when one of his sheep find themselves there believing him. And all of a sudden, the life of the Spirit flows. Guys, you've been really patient this morning. I'm kind of coming down to land. The great shepherd wants to guide you today. He's committed to guiding you through your life, through the bad and the good, to teach you to experience and know his presence. He wants to be a constant in your life, not just a moment every now and again, but someone who you're learning to walk with and learning to keep in in, in step with so that he can guide you through all the experiences of of the life that you lead, the good and the bad, the green pastures and the rocky places. That's why Jesus comes. He wants to guide you in your ways. Will you submit your decisions and choices to him? Will you surrender some of those ways and say, Lord, I know this isn't a godly way for my life. You know, you don't need me to tell you what they are, although if you're in doubt, come and tell me and I'll show you what the scripture says. But most of us don't need it. We, we have the conviction of the Spirit. That's why we, we just need the Holy Spirit to speak to us. But the issue for us then is that we will not become hard-hearted. Are you sensitive to the Lord? You know, one of the things that uh, I've been reading the letters to the Revelation recently, and one of the things that comes up again and again them is just sensitivity to what God had once done in their lives. We become insensitive. Why? Because we become familiar and because we, the Holy Spirit puts his finger on something in our lives and we say, you can't have that, Lord. And what that does is it builds up a hardened heart to the sensitivity of God. And we wonder why we're not quite as excited by his presence anymore. And it's because there's a hardness that's come into our spirit that keeps him at bay. And so will you allow the Holy Spirit to guide you in, in, in the way that he wants for you? Even though sometimes it might change your decisions. He wants to guide you for his purpose. Will you live for something greater than yourself? Say, I'll give myself to your cause, shepherd of my soul. Paul says at the end of his life, I've fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. That's where we are today, the people of God, longing for his appearing, the great shepherd of the souls, of our souls. Will we allow him to guide us through this life in the ways that we live and to guide us for his purpose and for his name's sake? I wonder, can we pray as we close this morning? It's a bit of a teaching sermon this morning. Just really trying to unpack this theme of what it means to be guided in our lives by the shepherd. 
You know, maybe I just feel that perhaps somebody's here today and you're not following the shepherd of your soul, Jesus. Well, the first place for you today is to decide, you know what, I'll surrender to the Lord. I've tried to unpack what it means to follow Jesus. But it starts with surrender to him, to recognizing he is the good shepherd who's laid down his life for you so that you can walk in his ways and so you can experience his presence. And you've heard the word this morning and and maybe you're just being drawn to the Lord this morning. I just sense that maybe there's one or two and and it's 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 a decisive day for you today. Come to church wouldn't normally be here and, and this message about the good shepherd has come out he wants to guide you into life and you're looking at your life just now and you know that actually your leadership of your own life has led you away from life and led you into problems and Jesus the great shepherd of the sheep comes and he says if you'll just follow me then I can lead you through this life and into my purpose and into the right way not the wrong way. And I just uh, have a sense in my spirit there are just one or two people in, in the house this morning and that's just really a word for you. The Holy Spirit is just talking to you today. He knows you, knows why you're here, knows what's going on. He's calling you to follow him. I'm not going to ask you to respond publicly this morning but I just believe after the service maybe, if that's you, please come and see me. I'd love to pray with you and uh, just introduce you to the great shepherd of the sheep. So that you can follow him. I just sense her one or two maybe. Really strongly in my spirit. Unusually strongly. It's just a word for you. God's calling you to follow him. To give up fighting him. And to follow him. Now I just would want to speak to each one of us. He guides us. Along the right paths for his namesake. Let's allow the Holy Spirit to be our guide again. Let's walk closely to him. Let's, let's surrender our ways to him and allow him to lead us in the right way. Some of you, even this morning, you know there's some wrong ways going on in your life and it's leading you away from God, not towards him. Friends, hear his cry for you this morning. He's the good shepherd of the sheep. He's not, he, he's not going to berate you. He's not going to shout at you, but he'll come and he'll just lead you back to life this morning because he cares for you. So, Father, we just thank you for your word. Lord, for its simplicity, for its straightforwardness. We thank you that we are your people. We thank you, Lord, that you love us. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that there's nothing we can do to make you love us less. And there's nothing we can do to make you love us more, Lord. Lord, you just love us, Lord. It's good to be your people. And so I bless each person here today. Lord, maybe those who've been coming for 50 years, and Lord, maybe those who've been coming for five weeks, Lord. Lord, I bless them with the presence of the good shepherd. Lord, may you go before them this week, Father. May you speak to them. May they hear your voice. May they know your comfort and your presence. Lord, and may they live for your purpose. Lord, to bring honor to your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless your church. It's been great to be together this